0: That he just consumed books and knowledge. But the problem is he, he just had the wrong knowledge. Amen. You know, no matter how smart you are, how smart you can be, having, as in our reading today, it says about them lawyers who were intellectuals, it says you have taken away the key of knowledge. You've taken it away. And anybody that tries to enter in, you, you won't let them. And uh, so it's, it's one of those things where you become a hindrance to the key. And I think the key, uh, of course, of knowledge, what does the Scripture teach us, uh, is about the fear of the Lord. Is, you know, the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And that's the, the key that unlocks the door, that faith of, of trust in God where you give place to Him. And then knowledge, His knowledge begins to open up. Uh, to us, you know,
1: and we're given what we need,
0: mm-hmm, when we need it, when we need it, yeah. But and then we held accountable for what He gave us, yeah,
1: uh, amen. But it, it it's just amazing, uh, you know, how if you just listen to God and do what God wants you to do, simple. It, it, it life is not hard, mm-hmm, but
0: complicate things in your own way. Your own yeah. Your own way, it, becomes difficult. it becomes difficult. Scripture says that. That you know, those right that right. walk in their foolishness don't even know what causes them to stumble. Right. But, go ahead, brother.
1: You know, it's amazing. you got me in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I stayed in that house, and you know, I, I was looking out those windows, and I was thinking, yeah, you know, I get up every morning, I run and do and run and do
0: and come home and do this every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here I am,
1: it's like, you know, that's really not that important, all the stuff that I do. You know, is in, I mean, I stopped, I could stop and realize that, you know, that's
0: going to go on. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. Time to, yeah. Just, to, you know, recognize some stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. That, and, you know, the scriptures help us with that. In the book of Job, for an example, I think it's Job 37. Job 37, when it talks about storms, it refers to like regular weather type issues that come through, whether it be a hurricane or even ice. But what God will do is that he'll steal the hand of man. He'll shut a man down where he can't do. You know, you take like ice for an example. You know how every time an ice storm comes through, it locks everything up. And that happens in in, in periods of time. And God tells us why he does it. Uh, for, for the reasons, one of those reasons is f- for mercy's sake, that we take a reflection upon uh, how uh, we are limited in so many ways, but that God has a purpose for us. And, and we want to be caught up in that purpose. He doesn't have to use us, but he's chosen to use us. And what a privilege that is, you know. Uh, Look at that, Job 37, just this thinking in light of, now we've talked about it when we've had some major things come through here about the storms, but Job is just before the book of Proverbs, and I'm pretty sure it's Job 37. You want to be cautious when you read through the book of Job, just like any book, you always have to ask questions, okay? Who's talking? What are they talking about? Where are they? When was it? And God give me uh, the understanding of it. Because God tells us some of the counsel these other guys gave Job had no value in it. It sounds good. Yeah. Sounds clever. It's, it's big. It's a lot. And because it's in the Bible, people take it as if it is the word, a word from God. And it is God's word. God gives us revelation. But they pulled it out, out of context. They did. They, they applied these things wrongly to Job. And God gives us understanding that, hey, these things that they were saying were actually bringing not only a man into question that wasn't in question. This was a God thing and they couldn't see it. They wasn't in connection with God to see what God was doing. But God was going to let Job know about it. So Job is one of those books that is, you you really have to ask, okay, who's talking right now? What are they talking about? Where are they? What are they saying? What's the motive and the intent behind it? And God, help me with the understanding of it so I can bring clarity and not just use. For an example, I I read something just recently about a, a pastor who declared a certain thing over a city. And he uses passages out of Job, but what he uses is the things that Job's friends were saying to Job. And so you have to be cautious about that because you can at times take a, a word that, remember the Bible meant what it meant. And what it meant, it means today. Now we then want to apply it in our, in our life of what it meant. That's why we study the word. But in Job 37, he says in verse number seven, well, I'll read verse number six. Verse six says, for he says, that is God, to the snow, fall on the earth, likewise to the gentle, rain and the heavy rain of his strength. Verse seven, he seals the hand of every man that all men may know his work. Okay. God will put you to a pause, like Keith is saying about his knee. God, God put him on his back. God put him, put him down where he couldn't do. And the whole point though in his God's graciousness is so that you could see his work. Not, not necessarily. Your work as you pointed out You do a lot of stuff You've got a lot of things going on You're always doing it But God allowed you to uh, Allow you to see that in the proper perspective That there's things that still need to be going on Like Greg talked about He had a lot going on And he was trying to control it all And he had to just throw it up And give it over to the Lord And then everything kind of just started falling right in place Where before it was driving him crazy we do. You see, but God'll get you to a place. Yeah. You know, that's what gives me up you know. But it's a gift. He's he that's a gift of his chastening love over you. He does it out of his love for us. To say, Hey, wait a minute, look back to me and let me lead you through this.
1: Notice trees in the backyard I don't
0: ever notice. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Just notice trees and different things. I don't never have time to just stop and look it. Right. And you start living in the present in the sense that you start noticing uh, things about those that you live with or you work with you start picking up on things with your spouse or with your children or grandchildren or a coworker up in it, and you, are you are you are seeing uh, okay you can recognize where before you both was in the now you can see that 's part of living and and it 's a gift it 's a gift. God to slow you down at times. That's why the scripture says not everything is good. And we don't thank God for, for everything. We thank him in everything. Yeah, Amen. We thank him in everything. Because everything ain't good. But we can thank him in everything. And he works everything together for the good. So notice what he says there. Verse 7. He seals the hand of every man that all men, when this happens, may know his work. And then he's going to show you what he's going to do. The beasts go into their dens, and they'll remain in their lairs. That would be like a, a line. They're going to stay in there. Why? Because they're not going to be out prowling. God's put them in the den. It says, from the chamber of the south will come whirlwinds and cold from the Scattering winds of the North Sea, you start to pay attention that God has order, that God has a process, that God is the one who is governing the affairs of the world, that the winds that are coming in are being guided by Him, the snowstorms that come through are part of His ordained creation, and you start reflecting on that. You realize, I can't. So
1: this wouldn't climate
0: change you? No. No. Now, he, he Now, the climate has been changing. That, that's, a, that's a revelation. We understand. And, and Brother Shannon's making a light of the fact of... Well, I
1: mean, people will, will read that and say, well, it's climate change. Isn't yeah. It?
0: Our climate has been changing from the day... Yeah. ...the fall. That's it. When the fall took place, just like this old world, this world is going to come to an end at some point, like time will. God's going to renew and refresh everything. And we went through some ages, like some ice ages, after a, a catastrophic flood that took place. So the world has been warming from that from that ice age time ever since. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily. We are causing, yeah, no, now we gotta be smart. That, there's yeah, no, we can't just stewards. go dump fuel and motor all and all our ponds and lakes and creeks yeah. and rivers. That, oh, that wouldn't, yeah. that would be senseless, we you know. That's right. Oh, we're to be oh, stewards. To the word he uses here, for an example, uh, if you would, look in verse number 12, and the swirl, and they swirl about being turned by his guidance that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth so we're not talking about a local place that's another thing that people want to make reference to you take like the flood they believe it was just a local thing over there it wasn't a global flood because they want to isolate this down everything they do is to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God that this God was a God okay of the of the Israelites the Jews but he's not God of everybody he's not God over the whole world and he wouldn't do those types of things. And um verse 13 says, He causes it to come whether for, number one, correction. Number two, for the land's sake. That is, man is not being a proper steward, so God's going to do what needs to be done. Like cleaning up a land, like a forest fires at different times. Uh, those things come through or uh, whatever it is. Yeah. For land service in the land or for mercy. There are times that that happens that God, uh, allows, uh, there's been times where storms come through and that storm prevented another group of people from attacking a group of people. You never know. That, that that's just it. There's there's things that God brings about, whirlwinds and storms and those things to stop people, because He's showing mercy to someone else. And so, the 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 the, the scope of this is so large. Of the causes of why God does it when He corrects, to nourish the land or to purge the land or to. Um, you know, we, you do natural burns and things like that for the land. There's all kind of things that happen. Now, in the midst of that, just like in a global flood, uh, there's going to be loss of resources. There, there will be loss of people's lives. There's all those things. But we also know that God's made provision in advance for all of us, uh, through, through the cross and through His guidance that, uh, Life is more about living than just living. That's why the scripture says that, you know, it's man's not to live on bread alone. But every word that, what, proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So what God has advice for us in life on how to live is more important than the next breath we take. More important than the things we're involved in. And that's the kind of things that we learn. And it's always, if God's at work in it, Not only does he allow us to see the natural order of the world we live in and what he's doing, but it's always going to help us be more patient and more tender and more gentle and more compassionate, more loving toward people. We're going to see people for where they are and the things they need. And uh, for us, we don't have to have every answer to everything, uh, but we're, we're available. We're approachable. We're attainable to be able to help people. And that's what we're learning from Jesus right now. Amen. He was accessible, he was attainable, and people could approach him. And he wasn't threatened by those that approached him. And he had solutions for them. And we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus right now. So all these things he will, man. He'll 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 put the brakes on for you when you won't put the brakes on. Uh, that's the neat thing about it. And he can he'll heal us up and use those things. And like we've talked about before, all this, God, yeah, you can fix this and you can fix the issue, but more than anything, we know you want to fix me for what it is that you, you got going on in my life. And that's really what all this is saying. That, hey, God's in the fixing business, but He fixes people for what He's going to bring them in and through to use them in this world we live in. So that, that was just a, a note. That, that 37. Uh, to me, explains a lot about the natural order of things. It also helps us realize that, hey, God will slow you down at times, and he'll make you rest. And you can thank him for it. You can thank him. It's a gift of his chasing and love. You get unsettled and caught up in things that, that matter, but they're not, they're not the excellent thing. They're not the best thing. And you're not proving what is the best thing. And, you know, as the scripture says, that God wants to renew us yeah. so that we can what? Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That we can choose the excellent thing so of the Lord. So that we can be, that we can authentically represent him, yeah. that we can have fruit that brings glory to him, and that we can be a blessing to help people. With the the goodness and the hope that we have in him. And we, we're those vessels that he works through. He calls us vessels of mercy. Yeah. Vessels of mercy that he works through. That God's written a story. He's told us what the end looks like. Yeah. He's placed us in that story. Now he's revealing that grace out through our life as we walk with him. And we, we're, we're part of uh, that. Journey. Look in Philippians real quick. Philippians one. Philippians one is a just an expanded version of Romans twelve one and two. When it comes to the reason why, or what happens when we prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We, was, we were just in Philippians, so I know you're familiar with this, but you can see it. It's pretty. It's, it's clear. And it's flow. Verse 9, when Paul said he prayed, and this is what things we want to pray for each other, mm-hmm. that our love will stretch, it will grow, that our love will grow, and it will grow in knowledge and in discernment. Discernment is the idea of making a sound judgment on a thing, that you can discern that our love is discerning. It's just not an emotional connection with a thing. It's not misled in the wrong direction that our love can pick out God's hand in what God's doing. Now, when we can do that, th- that is a reflection of Jesus. There ain't nobody loved like Jesus. That's right. And Jesus never missed a mark in his love. Never. No. Never misrepresented the Father in who and what he loved. That's what this is about, that we want our love to be growing so that we don't miss the mark on the things we love either and treasure. What's the product of that? Verse 10, that we may approve. That word approve means to be able to authenticate and affirm that we can approve. We can see it. We can see it. We can prove that, hey, that is God's hand, that's what God's doing, the things that are excellent. You see, a good thing turns into a bad thing when God ain't in it. Amen. So we're taking good things that God is in and doing and walking in it, unveiling it, and that good thing that God is in and I'm involved in becomes an excellent thing uh, before the throne of God and we don't want we don't want a good thing we do for somebody have no value in it we got to have a growing love that is full of knowledge and discernment to be able to approve or say yes to the excellent thing one of the worst things we could ever do is settle in on good stuff and miss the excellent thing even settle in on extraordinary things and miss the excellent thing The excellent thing is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will.
1: I wasn't real good at school learning. Mm -hmm. But God has given me a heart to look at the Bible and look for these little treasure nuggets Mm -hmm. that are in the Bible so that I, not that I can keep them,
0: but that I can give them away. To to convey them to other people. And remember, that good and acceptable will is there's going to be common traits in all of us of what that is for us, but it's also going to be different for each one of us. Sure. That God has a, sure. a good and acceptable, perfect will for Keith to walk in and for Shannon to walk in and Greg to walk in. They're not going to go contrary to the right. message of God, but Keith's going to do stuff I can't do. Greg's going to do things that is not good and acceptable and perfect for me to do. Right. So it's not an excellent thing, you see. If I'm doing what Greg is supposed to be doing, I can be doing a really good thing, but I'm not doing the excellent thing, what he's he's got me doing. You understand? And mine's not going to compete against Greg. Mine's not going to compete against you. matter of fact, it's all going to what? Work together. To do what? Glorify him. Amen? Amen. It's going to work in harmony with one another. Now, here's the fruit of it that when we in that position, that you may be sincere. The idea of authentic and without offense. So notice that. If you can't determine what is the excellent thing, one, you're going to be a misrepresentation and your life will be an offense to the will of God. Even in a real good thing. You understand what I mean? You've gotten out of what he's given you to do and what he's placed you in. That's where that comes from. We glean from one another. That's how our love grows. We glean from the truth. That's how our love grows. We glean from being in intimacy and being shepherded by Jesus. That's how our love grows. But we we want to be able to be, what, sincere, authentic, and without offense until the day of Christ. So it's not just today. This is how we're to what live until and this is just not for you and not just for me. This is for the entire body of Christ until the day of Christ. So this is not confined to what happened in the first century. This was not just for Paul and Barnabas and John and Peter. This was not just for Martin Luther and John Calvin and And guys through the years who have been used in significant ways. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. No, this is for Shannon Riles, Nick Holden, Greg Briggs, Keith Palmer, Davin Talbot, Stephanie Holden. This is for all of us right now. This is for the entire body of Christ that we walk in it. And the product, what's going to be manifested, verse 11, being filled with the fruits Of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Until, Amen. Until, Until. so these are not things that were because you hear that. Well, yes, that's what they did in the Book of Acts, or that's what they did in the first century, that's what they did through the years. But we live in different times. Uh, We.
1: All I know is if Paul
0: was here today, a lot of people would be getting a letter. Come on. Yeah, Uh, getting a letter. That's right. That's right. Uh, I tell you what, most places wouldn't want him to come and share with them uh, uh, these things, you know, in reality.
1: The world's short of Not me that are standing up
0: Just the, just the standing on and teaching the Word of God. Yeah. People that are not, not, you're not looking at them to be perfect. You're not looking for them to always have everything together. But man, they love the Word. They love God's people and they proclaim it faithfully and depend on God to do the work. Amen. 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 Yes. Well, look, it's about that time. It's about that time. Lola, what are you doing? It's just that knee now. Yeah. Well, look, I brought the oil. We'll anoint you if you need to be anointed. Amen. We'll put it on you. Amen. Jesus said ask, right? That's right. Knock and seek. Amen. <laughs>